Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the second law as we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Let's turn to Deuteronomy. The word Deuteronomy means the second law. It is really sort of Moses' final address to the people. It probably covers the the last month and a half of Moses' life. So he's getting up there now. He's about 120 years old. His eyesight is still keen. He can still hear very well. And he is addressing these people, rehearsing for them the work of God in their past history because many of them were born while in the wilderness. Many of them did not see the miracle of the Red Sea being parted. They did not have a personal memory of the horrible bondage in Egypt. And growing up as children, they weren't as aware of the hazards of the wilderness. And so Moses is sort of recounting for them, and though he recounts the 40 years from Egypt to coming into the land, yet we are told that these things came in the 11th month, in the first day of the 40th year, in the 10th day of the first month of the 41st year, they crossed Jordan into the promised land after mourning the death of Moses for 30 days. So all of these things transpired in Deuteronomy as far as Moses was concerned in the last 40 days of his life his final exhortations to the people prior to their crossing and entering into the land. So they are words of encouragement as he is recounting that which God has done. He is encouraging them to go in and to take the land that God had promised to them. So these are the words which Moses spake unto all of Israel on the side of Jordan in the wilderness in the plain over against the Red Sea. And in verse 2, it's a little commentary. It says, There are 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the 40th year, In the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. So there's an eleven-day journey from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea to the beginning of entering into the promised land, but they have been journeying for 40 years and 11 months on an eleven-day journey about 126 miles from Mount Horeb to Kadesh Barnea. We recognize that a part 
of the wilderness experience was legitimate. To get from the Red Sea into the Promised Land, it was necessary to go through the wilderness, an 11-day journey. But most of the wilderness experience was illegitimate. Now, I feel that the history is a typical history, that there are spiritual analogies to be made to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, passing through the wilderness into the promised land. And I feel that the analogies that are to be made are that of the Christian walk in life and experience. For Egypt, the area of bondage, slavery, hardship, is a type of the life of the world, in the world. Slaves to our flesh, to Satan. And so it is typical of our old life. The promised land into which God was bringing them is typical to the glorious life and victory in the Spirit. The life that God wants you to live, a life of victory, a life of overcoming. Now, there is the coming out of the old life, being delivered from the old life, and this new relationship that we experience with God, learning to walk by faith. As we are setting aside the things of the flesh life, and are beginning this new walk in the Spirit. There is a, a time in our Christian experience of growth and development. And there is sort of the legitimate wilderness experience. But God surely does not want you to spend your whole life in the wilderness. God wants to bring you on into the walk of the Spirit and the life of the Spirit and a life that is dominated by the Spirit. Now, the life of the Spirit begins with the death of the old nature, the old man, which is a position that we must take by faith. Reckon ye your old man to be dead with Christ. Know ye not that the old man was crucified with Christ? Paul the Apostle said, I am crucified with Christ. There is a warfare that goes on in our lives, the flesh warring against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these two are contrary. They are each of them seeking supremacy. They're each of them seeking to rule our lives. And if we yield to the flesh, the flesh will govern and rule our lives and we will have the resultant mind of the flesh. Our mind will be upon the fleshly things continually. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These kind of things. And in that, we differ nothing from the heathen, from the animals. For their lives are spent in seeking to satisfy their physical appetites and needs. But God wants us 
to not be governed by the flesh, but to be governed by the Spirit. And thus, there is this spiritual warfare seeking the dominancy in your life. And we are told that we are not to yield to the flesh or give place to the flesh to fulfill its desires, but to walk after the Spirit. And that our warfare is actually a spiritual warfare. And in it, I must recognize that this old body of flesh with its desires has been crucified, that it should no longer rule over me, but that I now can be ruled by the Spirit of God. Now, Paul describes his wilderness experience in the seventh chapter of Romans. As he talks about seeing the law of God, consenting that the law of God was good, and determining to fulfill the law of God. But he found that there was another law, a perverse kind of a law, for whenever he would do good, evil was present with him. And so often the good that he wanted to do, he couldn't do, and the evil he didn't want to do was the thing that he was doing till he found himself in just a miserable, wretched state. A desire to obey God and to keep the law of God, consenting that it's good, that's the right way, that's the way I want to live. Seeing the divine ideal, being attracted by the divine ideal, and desiring, longing after it. And yet the inability to bring the flesh into conformity with the Spirit of God. And so Paul speaks of this frustration. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this bondage to my flesh? But then as he moves into the eighth chapter of Romans, he found the answer to his cry. Now, the cry almost indicated the answer itself. Who shall deliver me? It was no longer, how shall I free myself? He's looking now outside of himself for the help. Now, the wilderness experience is where I am trying to bring my flesh into conformity to the will of God. And I am promising God that I'm going to do better, that I'm not going to fail next time, and I'm making all of these vows and I'm doing my best to bring my flesh in conformity to God and to God's will. But I find this perverse law that Paul found working. The good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not, that I do. And I cannot bring my flesh into conformity unto God. God's solution is death to the flesh crucified with Christ. Therefore, I must take a position of faith and recognize that the old nature, the life of the flesh, was crucified with Christ in order that I might now live after the new nature, the nature of Christ, and living now after the Spirit. But the cry must come, who shall deliver me? I must have to come to the place where I despair of freeing myself 
or despair of my own righteousness or despair of ever being righteous in the eyes of God by my own works and my own efforts. I must despair of all of these self-improvement programs and I must cry out for help outside of myself for therein is the power of the Spirit manifested and he comes to help me and do for me what I can't do for myself. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? Oh, I'm getting close because I realize now I can't deliver myself. For so long I tried to deliver myself, ended in failure. Now recognizing my weakness, I'm crying for power outside of myself. Who shall deliver me? And God's answer then comes, I am delivered by the power, that dynamic of the Spirit, for ye shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And that which I could not do because of the weakness of my flesh, I find that God has done for me and has made provision for me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it is glorious to come in to the walk and the life of the Spirit, to enter in to that life that God wants you to live as a child of God, as His child. Now, it was God's desire all along to bring them into the land. It was not God's desire that they perish in the wilderness. That was a tragedy of failure on their part, and it was a failure of faith. They failed to enter in by faith to that which God had promised to them. God had laid it out and said, here it is, it's yours. But they saw the giants in the land and the high-walled cities instead of God. They got their eyes upon the obstacles rather than the power of God to remove the obstacles. And this is the mistake that we so often make as we look at our own lives and we look at the dominion that our flesh has had over us. We're prone to look at the obstacles. We say, oh, but I'm so weak and I've tried so hard and you don't know how long I've been struggling with this thing. And we're looking at the obstacles rather than the power of God to deliver us from those obstacles. And so it is important that we not fail where they failed, but that we by faith take this position of victory, of power, of strength, of walking in the Spirit, reckoning the old man, the old nature to be dead with Christ. So, that which should have taken 11 days took them 40 years, actually 41 years to be exact because it wasn't until the 41st year on the 10th day that they entered in to the land that God had promised, crossed over Jordan finally and began the conquest of the land. So, an uh, interesting little commentary. There are 11 days' journey from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea. And in the 40th year, the 11th month, on the first day of the month, 
Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him commandment unto them. After they had slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelled in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, on the east side of Jordan, Moses began to declare this law. So this is where the word Deuteronomy comes from. Moses began to declare this law. It is a reiteration, really, of the law of God. The Lord our God spake unto you in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mount. <laughs> Turn and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and so forth and take the land that I have promised. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers. So the commandment of God, you've been here long enough. You've circled this mountain long enough. God is saying to you tonight, hey, you've been there long enough. Walking in circles. Hey, it's time to go in and begin to possess that which God has promised unto you. Begin to move forward in your spiritual development, in your spiritual life. You've encompassed this mount, God said, long enough. Now get moving. Go in. And the key, of course, is to possess the lamb which the Lord has sworn to your fathers. And so Moses sort of rehearses for them some of the problems that he had. As God was dealing with him, he said, how can I myself alone bear your cumbrance or your burdens or your strifes? So he appointed the 70 to be rulers over them, the chief men, and he charged them to hear the causes of the people and to judge among the people. And when they had situations that were too difficult for them to handle, that Moses would handle those cases. And so they departed from Horeb. They came to Kadesh Barnea, and he speaks again of the tragic failure at Kadesh Barnea. Verse 21, Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. And you came near to me, Moses said, and you, and you said, let's send spies into the land in order that they might find out which cities we'll be facing and, and the directions by which we should go into the land. Now, in Numbers, it doesn't tell us that uh, they came to Moses to request these spies. But in Deuteronomy, is adding a little bit more detail than he gave in the book of Numbers. Here we find out that the request for the spies actually came from the people and that it seemed good unto Moses and so they chose one from each tribe to go in and to spy out the land. Coming to the valley of Eskel, searching it out and taking the fruit and bringing it back. Notwithstanding, Moses said, you rebelled against the Lord and you murmured in your tents. And listen to the horrible things they were saying about God. They said, because the Lord hated us, he has brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites and to destroy us. 
What a horrible thing. What a horrible thing to say about God and against God. God hates us. That's, that's borders on blasphemy. Because God hates us, he brought us out here to kill us in the wilderness. When in reality, God loved them and wanted to give them a land that they might dwell in, that it might be their land. God wanted to free them from the horrible bondage of Egypt, yet now they are accusing God of hating them. You remember the case of Job. It said, and in all of these things, that is the loss of his family and his wealth and all, he did not curse God, neither did he charge God foolishly. Now this is a foolish charge that they brought against God, and it is something that we oftentimes are prone to do. When things aren't going right, I hear people sometimes make very foolish charges against God. Nothing irritates me more than to have people make foolish charges against God. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Deuteronomy on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Deuteronomy 1 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and keep you through the week, and may... You live after the Spirit, follow after the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. For I speak to you in the name of the Lord, if you are living and walking after the flesh and indulging in the areas and the things of the flesh, it will destroy you. You need to walk after the Spirit and may God guide and help you in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. God is looking for someone that he can use to accomplish his purposes on this earth. The apostles were more than willing to be used by the Lord. So what was it that gave them the certain spiritual characteristics necessary to be used by God and to be a powerful, godly influence to change the world? Well, in a book entitled The Man God Uses, Pastor Chuck Smith brings the scriptures to life as he examines the book of Acts. 
He reveals the secret to the apostles' boldness, the five essential components of prayer, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. So if you've ever wanted to accomplish more for the kingdom of God and to be an instrument that he can use, then I encourage you to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, The Man God Uses. To order a copy of this book in print or download a digital copy, please visit thewordfortoday.org or call the word for today at 800-272-9673.